0: All right, great to have Brother Martin back with us for Thursday. Usually it's Thursday to Sunday. We decided to flip it this time, Sunday and Thursday, but we're glad to have him with us. By the way, Mrs. Martin will be speaking at the uh, Ladies' Fellowship tomorrow night, so you ladies will be looking forward to that, and we're so grateful to have him. Brother Martin, why don't you come up, and this is our last chance. Let's give him a warm Pacific Baptist welcome. Well, thank you very much. I uh, I appreciate, first of all, all the prayers. <clears throat> Boy, I was really feeling rough on Sunday night when I left out of here, and Monday was really rough, and uh, Tuesday we had to push classes at the college, because I, I just did, couldn't even speak without coughing, and so uh, uh, we did it yesterday and did it today, and coughed and made my way through it, so... I'm praying that with a cough drop in my mouth <laughs> and some water, and uh, that we can make it through this tonight. So you pray with me, and uh, but I I always look forward to coming. My wife, we've truly enjoyed uh, the time with you, and um, thank you for your love and and uh, care for us through all these years. And uh, we always look forward to coming. Appreciate your preacher, and uh, you've got a wonderful thing going out here. Don't take for granted what God's blessed you with. And don't forget what went into getting it to where it is now. Everybody has to play their part, play their role to be what God wants us to be so that we can continue it. Amen? There's a lot of churches around the country that are not continuing. And uh, so you just keep at it. Amen? And uh, you pray for us, we pray for you. And i uh, give you a simple thought here tonight. And I had two or three different other directions that I really wanted to go, but <clears throat> I really feel like God wants me to give this message to you tonight. So um, I love to do word studies. And um, tonight's message really is a combination of a word study and, uh, and a thought concerning that word. And you say, what, what is the word, Brother Martin? Well, the word is simply the word consider. You know, every word in the Word of God is important. And the word consider is a very, very important word. It literally means this. It means to estimate, to contemplate, to ponder, or to think over. So when we're considering something, we're pondering, we're thinking it over, we're contemplating it. Uh, the Webster's 1828 actually gives this definition. It says, to view attentively, to sit by or close to. It says to set the mind or the eye to. And then it says to deliberate or turn in the mind. The, all these definitions for this word consider. I want you to think with me for a few moments. I'm going to give you a few of those tonight. The, uh, the word consider is found 67 times in the King James Bible. And... Um, And another uh, uh, 20 or 30, 31 times in different forms, like considerest, considereth, and things like that. (coughs) Again, it's an important word and a key word in the scriptures. (coughs) The devil's gonna fight me here. (coughs) Think of these verses. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 39 says consider it in thine heart that the Lord (coughs) he is God in heaven above (coughs) and on the earth beneath and there is none else. Consider that. How about 1 Samuel 12, 24? Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he hath done for you. Man, How about Job 37, 14? (coughs) Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14 consider the work of God for who can make that straight which he hath made crooked how about Psalm 8 and verse 3 and 4 boy this is powerful verses when I consider thy heavens the work of thy fingers the moon and the stars (coughs) which thou hast ordained what is man that thou art mindful of him Man, when you consider everything that God's done, who in the world are we? Haggai chapter 1 and verse 5 and verse 7 both say that we're supposed to consider our ways. We better consider our ways lest we fall into deep sin in our life. Luke chapter 12 and verse number 24, um, it says this, Read it to you here. Consider the ravens. For they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> on the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord's telling all these people that are following him, just consider those ravens and how I take care of them. And then he goes on to say, Consider the lilies. Consider how beautiful they are. They don't toil, they don't they don't spend, they don't I'm the one who makes them as beautiful as they are. What are you saying, Brother Martin? Boy, there's a lot of things the scriptures tell us that we're supposed to consider. But I want you to turn with me, if you to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, <clears throat> and I want to give you this simple thought. If I can make it through this, and um, Hebrews chapter 12, and verse number one says this. that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Well there's a lot of things the scriptures tell us that we're supposed to consider but I don't know that there's anything greater than simply considering Jesus. I just want to take a few moments tonight <clears throat> and speak on that thought consider him. Consider him. Father, I pray that you would just bless these next few moments we have to spend together. Lord, again, I pray for my voice that you'd help it to be uh, what you'd have it to be to convey the truth that you've laid upon my heart to convey. Lord, do the work that you want to do. And uh, Father, help us tonight as we spend just these next few moments together. Oh Lord, please help us to consider Jesus. We'll be careful to give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Four things I want to give you tonight on this thought, and the first one is simply this Consider him and his love for you. It says here, um, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, yeah. despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What love! <clears throat> what love that Jesus would come to this sin-cursed earth for one purpose and one reason, to die for you, to die for me, to take your sin penalty, to take my sin penalty. What love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What about Romans 5.8? <clears throat> but God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Amen. And I've heard, preachers say, I've heard preachers say that, you know, uh, God doesn't love sinners. Uh, that's contradictory to what the word of God has to say. Well, God does love sinners. <laughs> that's why he died for you and I. Amen. You know, uh, uh, now, does he love their sin? Absolutely not. He hates sin. He can't look at it. He had to turn his back on his own son. But he loves sinners. Amen. And thank God for that or you and I would have no hope. But what love? John chapter 15 and verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this. That a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus did that for you. Consider him and his love for you tonight. Um, John chapter 13 and verse 34. Think about this. It says that Jesus said to his disciples... Love one another as I have loved you. That same love that he had toward them, he said, you're to be showing that to everybody else too. Amen. Look to Romans chapter 8. When I think about the love of Christ, I can never not quote these scriptures here in Romans chapter 8. And think about what it says here. Oh, how powerful. In verse number 35, it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Absolutely nothing can separate you and I from the love of Christ. What love? I say tonight, consider him and his love for you. Second thing is this. I say back in Hebrews chapter 12 again, as we look (coughs) back there, again it says, In verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. The second thing I ask you to do tonight is to consider Jesus and what he endured for us. Well, when you think about what the Lord Jesus went through for you and I, do you, do you ever stop to really contemplate? To meditate? To think about what he went through so that you and I didn't have to go through it? Yeah, think about the agony. I think about in the garden when it tells us there in Luke chapter 22 in verse 39 to 44, it talks about how that he, he was in an agony and he sweat as it were great drops of blood. Jesus literally agonized so greatly that blood came forth from his sweat thugs. What are you saying? The agony that he went through for you and I, what he endured. <clears throat> when he had to stand before Pilate, Pilate said, I find no fault in him. Three times he said, I find no fault in him. And people screamed at him and, and said, you know, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Why did he go through that? He went through that for you and I because of his great love for us. But think about all that he had to endure. For, think about what he endured while he was on the cross. Think about the scourging. Think about being spit upon and all that he had to go through. He endured that for you and I. I think about when I think of what Jesus endured, my mind runs right to Isaiah chapter 53. Look there for a moment. Isaiah chapter 53. And this, of course, is a passage of the prophecy of our Savior and what he would go through and what he would endure. Isaiah 53, and verse number 1, who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men What he endured, what he went through for each and every one of us. All we like sheep have gone astray, we've turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land. <clears throat> of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence neither was any deceit found in his mouth. Verse 10 is a hard one for me to wrap my mind around. It says yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased God to put him through what he put him through. Why? For your sake and for mine. Why did he endure that? Because there was a joy on the other side of it. The joy was that one day, all of you that sit here tonight that can raise your hand as a blood-washed sinner can say, I can stand before the Lord because of what Jesus did for me. He endured it for you. Oh, how he loved us. Oh, how he endured such great agony. <clears throat> Can I say this before we begin to whine and cry about our cross and how bad we have it in this life? May we always stop first and consider him and what he endured for us. lest, As it says here, lest we be wearied and faint in our minds. And I'm not trying to make light of anybody's cross or anybody's suffering this evening, and, but ours pales in comparison to what Jesus went through for us. Can I remind you some of the scriptures. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 29, for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. It says in 2 Thessalonians 3, 4, for verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass. And that's a part of this life, suffering and what we're going to have to go through. It says in Second Timothy two twelve: if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. And 2 Timothy 3:12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's all a part of this life. What he endured, he endured it for us, but in a much greater way than what we've ever had to endure. It. Suffering, affliction, and trials are all a part of this life. But when we go through it, I beg you, consider Jesus. But why? I, I don't deserve this. I, I shouldn't have to go through this. did he have to go through? Should he have had to go through what he had to go what he went through for us? Look, if you would back real quick to 1 Peter chapter 2. <clears throat> 1 Peter chapter 2. Notice what it says in verse number 21. It says, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who did no sin neither was guile found in his mouth who when he was reviled reviled not again when he suffered he threatened not but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You know the truth of the matter is when we uh, go through these, the trials and the suffering, we, we ought to face it the same way that Jesus did. You say, what's that? Well, first of all, it tells us here that we should not ever allow suffering lead, to lead us to sin. Suffering shouldn't lead us to sin. It should lead us to glorify the Father as we go through the suffering of this life. The second thing it tells us here about him, and, and that was in verse 21, verse 23, don't let suffering lead you to fight back. Boy, how oftentimes we get upset because of what we've gone through or what we've gone through and we'll look at people and it's their fault or it's their fault. We even look at God and shake our fist at God. Suffering should never cause us to do that. But what does suffering cause us to do? It ought to cause us to, like it did with Jesus, commit ourself and our suffering back to God. Amen. (coughs) Father, you know best. And if this is what you've chose for me to go through, <clears throat> I'm going to trust you. You went through a whole lot more for me than I'll ever go through for you. Amen. <clears throat> First Peter chapter five also tells us about suffering, and in this respect, and this is a uh, <clears throat> kind of puts it in a, <clears throat> a bit in perspective. <clears throat> First Peter chapter five and verse ten. But the God of all grace, who hath called us under his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, notice: <coughs> after that ye have suffered a while, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. What do you mean? Suffering has a purpose in our life. What is the purpose of suffering in our life? It perfects us. That word "perfect" it literally means completes us. It completes us thoroughly. It also means to repair or adjust to fit or to frame. So God uses suffering to put us where he wants us to be, to make us what he wants us to be, to perfect us, also to establish us. What does that mean? To turn resolutely in a certain direction. Sometimes we're going on a pathway in the wrong way, and God will allow suffering in our life, what? To turn us resolutely in the right direction, to get us back where he wants us to be. Thirdly, it says it strengthens us. That means in spiritual knowledge and power. And boy, we can turn to Him in suffering, and He'll give us everything that we need through this precious book that we hold in our hands. And then it says this, it says to settle. That means to lay a foundation. You understand that suffering lays a foundation for the work that God wants to do in your life and mine. Amen. Amen. So unless we get upset at God because of what we have to go through, stop and think about what Jesus went through for us. And it's all about God getting glory. That's what it says in verse 11, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. What are you saying, Brother Martin? I'm just saying tonight it would be good for us, each and every one, to stop and consider him and his love for us. Consider him and what he endured. Let me say thirdly, consider him and his obedience to the Father. He's our supreme example. Jesus is the supreme example for every one of us. And He was in strict obedience unto the Father. When He says, um, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame. That was the will of God for His life as He came here. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds." He was obedient, as the scriptures tell us, obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Philippians chapter 2. He humbled himself. Being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. <clears throat> Are we prepared to obey unto death? Are we prepared to, when we, when we think about Christ, we ought to think about his obedience unto the Father all the way to death. <clears throat> I think of a dear friend of mine who passed away last year, was martyred last year in the country of Iraq and laid his life down to try to reach the Iraqi people, he loved the Iraqi people. Left behind his wife and four precious children I'm going to tell you, they don't want anybody to feel sorry for him. because they knew it was what their daddy was following exactly what God wanted for his life. And he even wrote out things to really kind of to let people know that he knew this was probably going to be the eventual end. What are you saying? He was obedient unto death, the death that God brought there. Oh, what are you saying? Every one of us ought to consider that in our life also are we that obedient unto the father are we being that obedient unto the scriptures are we obedient even unto death I think of when Jesus cried out in the garden in Luke chapter 22 and verse 42 father if thou be willing remove this cup from me nevertheless not my will but thine be done ought to be the prayer of every one of us God help me to be obedient even if it's unto death Help me to follow you and be obedient to you, just like Jesus did. Amen. Our supreme example. Jesus said this in John 8, 29, I do always those things that please him. Boy, would to God that we could say, I'm always doing the things that please the Father. Doing my best to do that. And then lastly, let me just say this. I ask you tonight to consider him and your need of him. You say, what do you mean by that, Brother Martin? Well, first of all, <clears throat> everybody needs Jesus Christ to get to heaven. <laughs> if you're not 100% certain you're on your way to heaven, the only way to be 100% certain is to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Because he is our way. He is the only way to heaven. Uh, again, the world tries to tell us there's multiple roads to heaven. There's no, that's contrary to what the Word of God has to say. God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You need Jesus today. If you've never been born again, you need Jesus today. But let me just also say this to everyone that sits in this room here tonight, from the youngest person to the oldest person, you need Jesus you may sit here and say, wait a minute, I already, I've already got Jesus. No, 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 you're not getting it. You need Jesus. Yeah, every one of us in this room here tonight need Jesus to make it through every day of our lives. Yep. Right. We're not going to make it without him. Boy, the battles and struggles and the things that we go through each and every one of us and the ups and downs and trials that we face and everything, <clears throat> we so need the Lord in our life. Tonight's a good night to just stop and consider him. And how much we really need him. I was pinning these thoughts down here not long ago. I was reminded of a song. And I, as I said, I'm not a good singer. But uh, you might know this song. And uh, it goes along with this last point here. And I just want you to think about this. You can sing it with me if you know it. It was written by a friend of mine who's in heaven now. Named Ron Hamilton. And he wrote this song. He goes like this. Lord, I need you. When the sea of life is calm. Oh, Lord, I need you. When the wind is blowing strong. Whether trials come or cease. Keep me always on my knees. Lord, I need you. I need you. Think of the verse. Sometimes when life seems gentle and blessings flood my way, I turn my gaze away from you and soon forget to pray. But when the sky grows darker and courage turns to fear, my anxious voice cries upward with words you long to hear. Lord, I need When the sea of life is calm, O Lord, I need you. When the wind is blowing strong, whether trials come or cease, keep me always on my knees. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, help me to remember. I am weak, but you are strong. I cannot sing apart from you, for Lord, you are my song. Although I'm prone to wander and boast in all I do, Lord, keep my eyes turned upward, so I depend on you. Lord, I need... Go ahead and stand up, if you would. When the of life is calm... O oh Lord, I need you when the uh, wind is blowing strong, whether trials come or cease, keep me always on my knees, Lord, I need Father, I pray that you would help us tonight, each and every one, to be honest enough with you to just admit how much we really need you, Lord, in our life. Father, even today, I'm sure there's people that are sitting here that have had some rough days and had some hardships and trials maybe, and God, we come before you and say, Lord, thank you for helping us make it true another day, Lord, I just need you. Father, I pray that maybe tonight we would stop for just a few moments and maybe gather around the altar and just spend a little time with you and just consider your great love for us. Consider what you went through and endured for us. Consider your obedience and the example that you set for us. And again, more than anything, just consider how much we really need you. God, we can't do anything without you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for making a way for us. Uh, if there's somebody here today that's never been born again, I pray that you'd help them to get that settled tonight. <clears throat> but Lord, may we take the time maybe to just bow before you at the altar tonight and just love on you a little bit this evening. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Musician plays. If God spoke to your heart, the altar's open. If you want to come. might be somebody that would raise a hand and say, Brother Martin, I'm not sure I'm on my way to heaven, but I really want to know that. Would you pray for me? Would you just slip a hand up and I'll pray for you? I won't embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Pray for me, Brother Martin. I'm not sure about that, but I want to know.